What's up, guys? Welcome to the Humans of MarTech podcast. His name is John Taylor. My name is Phil Gamash. Our mission is to future-proof the humans behind the tech so you can have a successful and happy career in marketing. Hey everyone, today we are joined by one of the greatest minds in marketing automation, Pierce Eugene Walla. Pierce started his career in lead gen at Cognos and IBM, working in some of the largest Salesforce and Eloqua instances in the world. He then spent a few years in startups, leading teams that implemented instances of Marketo. Pierce has become a four times Marketo champion and one of the first original champions. He's also a frequent speaker at annual Marketo summits. And in 2013, he founded Revenue Pulse, known today as one of the top Marketo agencies in the world. He's also the founder and CEO of Knack, an enterprise no-code email and landing page creation platform for marketers. And he's recently also become a podcast host, launching the Unsubscribed podcast. Pierce lives in Ottawa, Canada with his wife and two kids. Fierce Pierce, it's an honor to have you on the Humans of Martech, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Pierce, for coming on. Uh, let's dive right into the meat of it. Knack um, is one of the fastest growing software companies in Ottawa today. I think it solves a super cool problem um, that marketing automation consultants and email specialists have, um, landing page designers have. Can you talk to us a little bit about what NAC is and what problem you're solving in the workplace today? So I think, you know, in my career of doing marketing and consulting with marketers, what I've realized is the vast majority of marketers, you know, they got into marketing to be creative and not to code. Um, there are definitely some great technical marketers out there who do have the skills to code, but almost everybody has struggled with emails and landing pages, right? Whether they didn't have the skills on their team or they were pulling developers from other projects, coding emails and landing pages was always a, a challenge. And so at the time, as an agency, we we're doing this as like a custom project, right? People would send us their designs or we would design something for them and code out those assets. And uh, we just decided, like, even though we we're making good money on this, that it made a lot more sense to make a product so that all of our efforts that we were putting into the into these uh, assets could actually be improved upon over time and made better so the the next customer coming in benefits from all of the improvements over the years yeah when it comes to email design and code like there's a special place in hell for email html where it's just crazy right you you log some of these custom uh, emails into a litmus or something like that and they spit out you know 50 email service providers and it's it's jumbled garbage so having a no code solution for email seems like such a home run do you want to talk about some of the coding challenges that that you're solving in a no code platform like knack for for the email side of things at least to start on the email yeah. side i think it's very interesting yeah i mean listen i i had to get super deep into this world when we we're helping our customers right like we're helping fortune 100 brands code their emails and they have to be perfect you know, I, I definitely went to my share of litmus conferences and, and met a lot of amazing email developers. And, you know, I want to give all of them a shout out. Like, 
email development is super hard, right? Mm -hmm. You have all of these different email clients, Gmail, Outlook, Yahoo, you know, Lotus Notes, and there are no standards across any email clients, right? Which means that every line of code, you need to have a bunch of exceptions to make it work and look at a new client. You know, we were very fortunate uh, on the agency side to work with some incredible email developers, notably Nicole Merlin, who uh, actually invented the fluid hybrid method of email development, and uh, Jack Steele as well, who is currently on the NAC team. They have a tough job mm -hmm. and they dedicate their careers to email marketing. Right. Like the people who are email developers, they don't do any other development mm -hmm. because they have to just like stay on top of all of the changes. Right. New version of Outlook comes out. They have to learn all of the new conditions they have mm -hmm. to code for. Dark mode comes out. They've got to. <laughs> They've got to do that, right? For an average marketer who's like dabbling in email, that it, it honestly like becomes impossible for them to know about all of these intricacies. Like I remember at Cognos, I was the guy who like put the emails into Eloqua. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I just need to make this little change here. And it was like, edit. And I was presented with this whole page of code. And I'm just like, I, I don't know HTML. I'm not yeah. going to spend like however long it takes me to do this. I have a bunch of other stuff I got to do at my job. And looking back, maybe it would have been easier for me to learn HTML than start a whole company to do it. <laughs> I really care about where I spend my time. And it just didn't seem like a good use of my time to learn it. So yeah, I think like at the end of the day, what NAC solves is like if if you're that marketer who is looking at HTML, like what do I do with any of this? And you need to create good emails and landing pages. You don't ever need to look at HTML again. Something you said earlier, and just as you discussed it, it, it really popped in front of my mind is like the how specialized do you have to be in in HTML to be able to be good at at, at design and email land? And obviously, NAC is solving a problem here that unlocks some some creativity as well, right? The, you lower the barrier to entry yeah. to be able to do something super creative in an email service provider and be able to send some emails. You can actually get closer to what makes marketers you know, great at their job, which is that creative knack. Um, I know in, in discussing the, this episode and having you on, you talked about how creativity and marketing right now is under attack. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? You know, I think, and we, t we talk with, you know, marketers every day and it's almost unanimous, unanimously across the board that they say, I got into marketing to be creative because it's like creative outlet for me. Uh, I know that was the case for me. I remember being in business school and like not caring about any of the subjects until I found marketing. And I was like, this is, this is awesome. Like this just like jives with my, how my brain works and something that I got super passionate about. So 
The reason why I think that marketing, like creativity and marketing is under siege right now is people are trying to automate everything. If you look at Adobe's acquisition of Workfront and what people are doing with some other platforms right now, like they're just trying to fully automate their campaigns. Where marketers right now, a lot of times they're becoming people who just enter data into fields. Um, and where I think a lot of investment and energy is going to go into is how they can eventually use AI to populate those fields. Mm -hmm. So what we're really fighting for at NAC, and I think our core belief is that Mark, like, it's going to get harder and harder to stand out from the noise, right? So there, there is essentially a decision you make. Do you go fully automated and go down a volume path? Or do you go down a, create, a creative path where you focus on creativity and standing out? And it's much more of like a quantity versus quality game. Our belief at NAC is that quality is always going to win. And it's actually going to win more because when everyone else is doing mass quantity, if you're doing something different that is, isn't generated, isn't automated, that you're going to get better results. I love this topic, Pierce, of creativity and how no code enables marketers to like go back to their their creative origins and, and get to focus on like building stuff and doing things that are different than most. And I think that like the, the creative uh, argument here with email is is super fascinating because like one of the longest standing debates in email marketing is HTML versus plain text in email, right? And we're probably gonna talk about landing page in a sec, and that's like a completely different ballgame when it comes to creativity but like with with all the huge research done by like hubspot promoting less html in your emails and like convertkit even saying that like there should be no html in your emails it should all be plain text like knack is a no code email builder like where where do you stand on on that sort of debate like obviously you guys are not promoting the idea of templates but like um creativity and bring in like uh, design yeah. back to email right yeah and i mean just for the record you can build text only emails the knack too so i don't think we're trying to get people to choose one or the other mm -hmm. i think i think there is a mix for both in every marketer's toolkit i think if you're not using one or the other i think you're missing out on on an opportunity where i think text only is good is that you know it it has that personal feel you can write you know more of like a newsletter style things from the heart that uh people can relate to but i think where html is still super important is where you build your brand right where you can essentially also communicate with people who are more visual people and so I think that's why it's important to do a mix. Some people in your, you know, in your audience, they're going to respond better to, to plain text emails. Some are going to respond better to your visual email. But if you eliminate one or the other, you're eliminating a big part of your audience. I love just to tie this back together. I love this angle of this uh, resistance against 
you know, the robots taking over all of marketing and you see it in the marketplace, like everything's so flipping transactional, right? And when you think of beautiful email design, I, I remember attending a talk, I think it was a Marketo user group, uh, you know, many years ago when I was still in Ottawa and you were showing some stuff that was being done in email from a, from a litmus cons, uh, uh, conference. And this is like elegant, this is beautiful. The, the second you're in somebody's, you have permission to be in somebody's inbox, you have the context to make this like really powerful brand experience. And marketers are, you know, I think there, there's that, as you put it, there's that split, right? It's the form over a function. Is it good to have plain text? Yeah. Well, it depends on your context, right? Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll tell you, like, I, you know, I used to do subcontracting for Marketo where they would like pull me into like their biggest Marketo implementations. And I'll never forget there's on it, like Fortune 50 company spending millions of dollars getting their Marketo up and running, doing all this like insane automation. And I remember looking at like one of the emails they were sending out and it looked horrible. I'm like, this is the only thing that your audience is going to see. Like, it's great that you have this super complicated system behind the scenes that are sending things out. But like, if you're sending out garbage, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's sent with like the most sophisticated automation in the, in the world. And so I think that's, that's one reason for me why I got super passionate about email and landing pages or campaigns, because that's ultimately where the rubber hits the road with marketing right mm -hmm. like that's what is gonna sell whatever you're trying to sell i love that i love the mission that you guys um have like um making marketing automation less about just automation and like focusing on on the people side of things for sure we're we're huge on that on on the podcast here as well I, one of the things that i love that knack does every year you, you guys released it again uh, recently is your annual email benchmark report um why don't you like i'm fascinated to hear like the process behind the scenes of like building that that massive survey research and um maybe you can and share some of the coolest insights from from the most recent one this year yeah so i mean for the people who are on marketo they'll know that there's like an email engagement score that marketo gives you but it, it's always like and i love the idea for that right like i actually got super pumped that they put that in there and i think it's like could be very useful but my challenge with it was it's like a total black box yeah. you don't know how they come up with that data, who's in there. Like, it's just, it, it doesn't give you context. So really our initial intention behind the, the report was that we wanted to inform everyone initially in the Marketo community on like how their peers were doing. So to give more context to like, how is everyone else doing with their email? Um, so we, you know, we survey thousands of people, uh, and, uh, and basically we get them to, we collect a bunch of data that we put into this report. And at the end of the day, it's, it's really there to help marketers understand, like, how are they doing compared to other marketers? 
other marketers of like similar size companies or in the same industry so you can get you see all of your email performance uh, benchmarks in there and then we also you know we're obviously very focused on email creation so how do companies build emails how long does it take them what's their process um how are they doing reviewing collaboration all that type of thing to, to just show like where everyone is in the industry and how they can back up um in terms of the process yeah i there is a lot of data so we have like a data analyst who goes through all of the the numbers and and puts like the initial charts together it, it definitely is a big process but I'm super excited about doing that every year. And, and we've evolved it well beyond Marketo now. It's like it's like a general email benchmark report. And we're we're planning to do it every year now. Super cool. Yeah. I saw I saw it promoted in a bunch of different places. Like you guys have been very active on on promoting stuff for for NAC. Like I saw the Ann Hanley stuff that you, you guys did as well. And I, I noticed that um yesterday I was on LinkedIn and I saw um yesterday was drink your own champagne day at, at NAC. And I thought that was super fascinating how you get everyone from the company in a single day to actually like log into the product and use it. Um we John and I, when we were at Clipfolio, like we we had a, a hackathon once where like we were all using the product ourselves. I, I thought that was fascinating. Uh, maybe you can chat about that day a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's something we do every quarter. We call it the knack champagne, <laughs> drink our own champagne. And we actually do drink champagne. Well, <laughs> pr- Prosecco guys, because we are strapped here. But um, yeah, so it's that, it's that like we, uh, we get together. We're, so anyone who's in Ottawa, when it's not COVID, we all get together and do it. And then we also Zoom everyone who's remote in. So this time we spent the first part of the meeting. We had we did like a baby shower for someone who was going on mat leave. And then we built memes. We got everyone in the company to just build memes. Uh, <laughs> related to our industry and issues that we solve and things we hear about and some people made some of our competitors too which are pretty funny but that's a side note great other thing to do in your company because in like half an hour we had over a hundred memes built which (laughs) are going to be awesome for marketing i was crying laughing at um so yeah so then you know this happens once a quarter we get into we get the whole company together and uh, it's a simple exercise we get people to pick an email that they like you know i i got a peloton and i think they do freaking amazing emails so i always like i'll get inspired by one of them so we pull it up and then people rebuild it using our product right so it's amazing and then and then we send it around with our uh collaboration feature so you kind of see all of the different emails that everyone has built and you can leave comments and stuff in our platform 
And it's just, it's amazing to me. I love seeing it because there's like people who have never even been in our product before, right? There's like an, like our controller who doesn't, has never built an email in their life will send something out. And it's just like, to me, I, I just love seeing that because it's like, that is what we set out to do is to enable anybody to make incredible looking emails. And uh, it's got a lot of other benefits, right? Like we're testing the product, we're testing new features, we're giving feedback, we're finding bugs. Um, and we're giving everybody in the company context about what the hell we do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like I worked at Cognos for three years and I was at a trade show and someone asked me about the product. I'm like, I just realized in that moment, I had never even seen our product. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't, I had no idea what we did. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And you, you, you kind of gloss over, gloss over that as a marketer, if you're not working with a tool that is, you know, directly adjacent to your own tool set. Like in my past life, I worked with a hardware company that was for electrical engineers well trust me i like i didn't understand that product i didn't use it a whole lot to do custom wiring at home at, at all one of the things that I, I really like about what you discuss and i want to dive deeper into this is just this idea of everybody in the company was able to build that's a promise of no code martech right that's anybody can do this but we've also talked a little bit about templates for me i'm a little bit uh naive on this topic so maybe you can help help explain it to me and to our listeners like First of all, what are like email templates in the first place and why are they bad and why is NAC changing, changing the game on this? Yeah. So, okay. So I think to, to understand this, we need to go back a little bit, right? Into like email service providers and marketing automation platforms where initially there were just like code editors, right? It's like you want to build an HTML email, you code the full email start to finish. And then I think as these editors evolved, they added the functionality to, hey, instead of coding the whole email, you can save part of this coded email as a template, which you can then edit after the fact, right? So. I think at that point, they weren't bad. Uh, I think it's, it's, it was an evolution of coding from scratch every time to not having to code the whole thing with, from scratch. I think what we realized with essentially every platform that, that promotes this work from a template model is that they are fundamentally very difficult to actually edit the template, right? So you have your template, it saves you from coding, but now you're having to edit a pre-coded template mm. and most editors are not great at that. Um, and like, again, when we started Knack, we were a template generator. Like mm. at that time we were like, Templates are the best. We want to work with templates. We're going to make it easier for people to make templates. 
And our product made over 50,000 templates for customers. Wow. And the first thing everyone said was like, hey, this template's great, but I want to move this around. I mm-hmm. want to change that logo. I need to have two speakers, not four. Like, so we had we had made like hundreds of templates and we're we're on this mission like we're gonna find we're gonna make the best template ever and then the customers they're gonna use and it's gonna be able to do everything they wanted to do but i think it was on that journey that we realized you can never make the best template you have to give people flexibility and room for creativity and so that's definitely the direction that we have gone in now, which is how can you give people that flexibility that everyone wants, but while still having some guardrails around brand, right? Because every marketer that we talked to was like, hey, this all sounds great, but actually we tried that before and it turned into the wild west. The wild west is this term that every marketer uses for just when like shit hits the fan. And so what we realized was like, we need to improve the template experience because it's not doing what marketers need, but we need to do it in a way that provides those guardrails so that people aren't using like pink comic sans font because they think that's a great thing to use i can imagine some creative director waking up in a cold sweat over the emails that have been <laughs> sent in their lives comic sans for the win yeah um yeah. you know it, it's such a cool journey and i think one of the things like i want to i want to make sure we touch on knack pages as well because i think like some of the problems that you touched upon on the email side they exist on the landing page side but I also think on both sides of the coin, you also have this challenge of, have you ever waited two weeks for a simple landing page from a developer? And you're like, why, why am I waiting for this? So uh, talk to us a little bit what Knack Pages does and the problems that you're, you're solving on the HTML side or the landing pages side of things. Yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting, again, when you look back, right? When you look backwards, you see a bunch of vendors who focused on email, and then a bunch of vendors who focused on landing pages. And there were none that really specialized in email or landing pages. Mm -hmm. Like you could say that the marketing automation platforms have both, but they, like, let's be honest, none of them specialize in this, right? Like they check a box, but that's not their focus. So, we had to make a decision at NAC initially, like which one do we focus on first? We're a small company, we can like do both at the same time. And email seemed to be a more universal, harder problem that everyone has, so we started there. Um, I think that as we went on, you know, our customers all said, hey, this is awesome. When are you guys gonna do landing pages, right? We have a customer community and people can vote on the ideas and we pride ourselves in listening listening to our customers and that was the top idea. Mm -hmm. Um, As a company, we always also had the intention of doing both, 
and becoming that campaign creation platform, which is where we're headed now. Um, and so it's just a natural evolution. But yeah, it really is. Maybe the, co I think HTML development on a web page is much easier than an email. But again, if you're a marketer, you probably don't have those skills and you're probably having to rely on a developer or an agency, mm -hmm. both of which you're not in control, you're waiting, you're playing the telephone game and uh, you're spending a lot of time and effort on things that aren't getting you closer to what you want to do. Yeah. And I feel like one of the things that maybe you guys are building towards at NAC is this, like you've mentioned it a few times, this campaign idea, right? And how many times have the Wild West come out and then the email looks totally different than the landing page or you're waiting forever for these two assets and marketers can move, especially if it's copy, you're talking about copy and content, like, hey, give me three days and I'll, I'll prop you up an awesome campaign with emails and landing pages. Yeah. Uh, let's let's cut out the middlemen, right? Of developers totally. who don't want to do this work. <laughs> well, exactly, right? I, I mean, and and I lived this problem when I was at IBM. You know, I would get the assets, I'd get some stuff for my designers, I'd get some from the copywriters. That part wasn't bad, right? And I think designers and copywriters add a lot of value to creating a better email. But the thing that drove me crazy was, yeah, sending it over to the developers and them telling me, okay, great, two weeks now, and we'll get that back to you. And if I was lucky, I'd get it in two weeks, but usually I have to keep following up with them. And then when I get it, finally, I'm like, that's not exactly what I wanted. So now we've got another week of revisions. Yeah. Again, my like I, I'm very sensitive about my time. And even back then, it just like it drove me crazy. So yeah. this is like it's removing all of those barriers um, that marketers have right now, which is like sending things to another party, them coming back with what they wanted but it's not really that so then there's this revision cycle that they have to go through and it's just putting the power back in their hands in in an environment that we really haven't seen before right like there's also this kind of idea about WYSIWYG editors mm -hmm. a lot of people are like oh I tried one of those before <laughs> not good, you know but those those were like the WYSIWYG editors like of the past you know and they hadn't evolved yet it's like the teenager yeah. with bad acne yeah. who hasn't really like matured yet that those were the WYSIWYG editors of the past these you know ours are the new generation of WYSIWYG editors they're built on open source technology mm -hmm. I I do want to say like that especially on the email side is a huge game changer right because we talked earlier about how hard it is to be an email developer yeah the open source framework that we use to like behind the scenes of the knack editors called mgml and you know there's 80 of the best email developers in the world contributing to this framework 
right? So we have our own forked version of this framework, but that's where I think, again, like open source using the talents of a bunch of people are making it way better. And then what we're able to focus on like the entire platform, coding is definitely one part of it, but there's so much more to the creation platform, right? There's, there's putting in the ticket to start the process. There's actually building it. There's review, there's approval, there's collaboration, there's brand control. There's then like syncing it to wherever you're gonna actually send it out. And so it's all of those things together that I think is what compresses the timeline and allows marketers to do what they want in a creative manner, flexibly with the guardrails um, to, to create something awesome. So Pierce, I feel like we could uh, go on and on uh, for, for many hours talking deep about um, email and, and email automation. I wanted to like, as we kind of wrap up here, I wanted to get your thoughts on just like, like you've, you're someone who's been around like 15, 20 years, like since the dawn of MarTech, right? Like you talked about like working at Cognos and IBM and some of the earliest, like biggest Salesforce, like Eloqua instances. When you started out in marketing, there was like a dozen of MarTech tools and looking at the landscape today of like 10,000 plus tools. What advice do you have for like folks that are just entering the marketing space and are kind of like excited about technology, but are quickly like feeling overwhelmed when it comes to like, do I specialize in one platform? Do I become a generalist in all these tools? Like what advice do you have for early folks that are interested in MarTech? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, those MarTech 6,000s or whatever it is now, like the reality is, and I've done consulting with hundreds of companies, there, there's like maybe 50 technologies that are common across the different stacks, at least that I have seen, and I've worked with a lot of different industries and stuff. So don't get overwhelmed by that. Like there, you don't need to know about 6,000 technologies for sure. Uh, in terms of a generalist or a specialist, in, for me anyways, I, I definitely took the specialist route earlier in my career. I went like all in on Marketo and I think I, I was fortunate. I, I consider myself fortunate to have done that because it kind of did come out as the leader in the space. And so there, that brought a lot of opportunities to it. Um, but my big advice to everybody is like, do what you're passionate about doing. Um, I was at the time very passionate about Marketo and like, I love to learn all the intricacies and wanted to know like everything about it. Um, I think as I progressed in my career, uh, I definitely became much more of a generalist. You kind of have to be to run your own company. But being the specialist gave me the opportunity to become a generalist later, if that makes sense. Very cool. So again, my advice, do what you're passionate about and everything else will work itself out. Great advice. JT, you want to finish us up with the last one? 
Sure. You touched on a, a, a fair fair number of probably where your answer goes, but we ask everybody who comes on the cast for uh, just one question. Um, and that's how do you find a balance between everything going on in your life and being successful in your career and, and also remaining happy? So how do you balance success and, and career happiness uh, in your in your day to day? Like we talked about yeah. at the top of the episode, right? You have a ton of stuff going on, like on top of just like running a company, like you're a prominent figure in the MarTech space. You are an avid traveler. You told us that you're going back to golfing, you're skiing. You have two kids. Like how, how do you balance everything and stay happy? Yeah, no, I'm glad you guys asked that question. It's super important at NAC. It's, it's a core value that we have is life work balance. Um, for me personally, I, you know, I do nine to five. I never work past five. I never work on the weekends and I try and lead by example, uh, here at NAC. Um, it, it is hard and you have to like put effort into it. Uh, but I think once you change those habits, it becomes a lot easier. Um, so like carving out that time for me is really how I make sure that I've got the time to spend time with my family and do my hobbies. And I think that that is what I, I attribute happiness to is like, you know, pleasure. So skiing, golfing, like those things give me a lot of pleasure. Challenge. I think I find a lot of challenge in my work but I'm also have some other hobbies that give me challenge. So like, I love to like take care of my lawn and my garden. And that just gives me like the mental like break of like, you know, digging out one weed after another. It's like very relaxing. Uh, and then purpose. So I think um, having that purpose in your life uh, and finding the purpose. So for me, my purpose is like my family and uh, and what I'm doing at NAC, trying to like eliminate code. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love it. Um, Pierce, you, uh, yeah, your, your purpose I read was also maybe to uh, one day become the Joe Rogan of marketing podcasts. Uh, we'll, we'll send a link out to your, your new unsubscribe podcast. Uh, congrats on that. I've been checking out a couple of episodes and uh, really enjoyed it. So we'll link that out to, to the listeners. But uh, yeah, anything else you want to plug before we go? Well, I think you guys might beat me there, to be honest. This is, this is awesome. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me on the podcast. Let's say anyone who's interested to check out knack, knack.com, K-N-A-K.com, um, or find me on Twitter or LinkedIn. Happy to chat. Awesome. Thanks again, Pierce. Really appreciate it. Thank you.